This Sam Mays Podcast Roadshow is brought to you by Pettit Insurance in Norman. Remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. On the Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass and and for Skip Bayless to come out and say I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say how dare you how dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness honestly I want to say what I want to say this is the Sam Mays podcast Welcome, I'm Sam Mace, and today we've got Mr. Adam Francisco from the Suave Report, and we're live from Bar C in Oklahoma City. I'm going to butcher the name, but we think it's Chinchetti, uh, as it is uh, a new location for me. I think Adam's been here before, but this place is absolutely incredible. The atmosphere has been great, a couple of bars, uh, and just one of those like perfect date night places. We're not on the date right now, yeah, no. but for great food <laughs> and great atmosphere right downtown, this place is awesome. It's perfect, man. I, uh, I think I've... Went to a photo shoot. I think I had a photo shoot here about two years ago. And we were upstairs. Absolutely great environment. Yeah, it's absolutely. A, it, the, the environment in here is just real, you know, pardon the pun, but suave. It's, it's, it's it is. Real, it's right. real chill. I love okay, it. so no pressure. For, like, it. pressure for me, right? So I'm okay. like, okay. There's a conversation that we want to have in this podcast about name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got Adam in here because Adam, the Swab Report is cool, right? It talks about NBA athletes, and it brings the, the fashion aspect into it and kind of just the, the culture, the pop culture conversation surrounding that league. NBA athletes, because their faces are so visible, have the ability to make money off of their personal brands more than most yeah, because you're not, your faces aren't covered like they are in the NFL, right? So I'm like, okay, I got Adam on this guest list. Where can I go? That's going to fit, you know, what this kid is. Because, like, you're just this awesome, like, like you have this great fashion sense. And because you're not a fat, six, you know, 350-pound, 6'5 offensive lineman, you got style. You can go yeah. buy clothes. You know, I can't buy. I bought this vest the other day. You can do it, You just got to get it custom made. Yeah, right. You got to get it custom made. And, look, it's I don't make that kind of money. three times more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I'm like, where, what fits this, ki- you know, this kid's persona and this, this website? I'm like, I'm going to call Carlos up, who owns Bar C. Uh, he, he reached out and talked to each other months ago about some things, and he said, you know, come out and try my restaurant. So I'm like, cool. So I'm like, Bar C, this works. I saw some pictures. Like, this Adam's Adam written all over this place. Yeah. So uh, I'm happy to have you here, and big thank you to Bar C for bringing us out today. We've had some pretty incredible food. I'm going to get Carlos on at the end of this podcast to talk a little bit about what we had today and kind of what Bar C's whole image is and what they offer. Once again, downtown, uh, this place is, is really, really cool, and I, I'm a foodie. I love great food, and everything I've had tonight has been – uh, not good. It's been exceptional. Outstanding. Yeah. I can't even explain some of the stuff that I've had, but it's all great. Right. It's all great. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's dive into it. Uh, Adam's here because it looks like college athletes are going to be able to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness here moving forward, which is super exciting. You know, college football and basketball, these are billion-dollar organizations. The NCAA has, you know, kind of ran business shrouded by the government for a long time. We don't know how much money is actually going into a lot of these things. But if you do market value, it looks like, you know, a guy like uh, CeeDee Lamb or a guy like Baker Mayfield or a guy like, you know, uh, Kyler, the, yeah, Kyler, these guys, things are going to yeah. be able to make six figures, I would assume, 
uh, based off of this name, image, and like this thing going through and allowing them to do, do some work. Uh, so with you, I'm, I'm kind of curious because, you know, you cover NBA athletes that have really turned their image, like their style, mm -hmm. their love of music, their love of clothing, Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. And turned right. it into these brands that represent them. Like th these are their brands that people are buying publicly. I was in a New Balance store the other day, and uh, I was like, don't you guys sell NBA shoes? And he was like, yeah, we got the Kyrie's. And then uh, Darius Baisley did an internship with us. So mm -hmm. he brings out both these shoes. And Kyrie's shoe is wild. It's got like a, a Jolly Ranchers thing on it. Like that's Wait, what? Just, I haven't seen like, that. Like on the tongue, it's oh, got Jolly Ranchers emblem, and it's this multicolored shoe. And I'm like, but that's him. Like that's yeah. his brand. That's who he is. That's what he wants to represent him. Mm -hmm. And it's just like in 2021, bro, like you got to have – you have to have – if you're an NBA player – you have got to begin building your personal brand because the amount of money you can wake, make a, away from basketball is more than you can with basketball. Yeah, it definitely supersedes anything that you could make during basketball. Just to think that Michael Jordan made more money off endorsements than he did on his NBA contract back in the 90s. Imagine what it's like now. Right, with without Twitter. Social media. Right. and I mean, you got so many different outlets to make money. Uh, there's really no reason, in my opinion, that – players college pro whatever shouldn't be able to make money off their name uh doesn't make much sense to me right and so if you are you know i guess the thing that so you're uh let's go i think sga is a prime example here mm -hmm. all right so sga has been in the league for how long three years third so season that's shane gilgis alexander has been in the league for three years now sga for the first time this year has a signature shoe mm -hmm. with converse yep. right how would you describe what would you say his personal brand is right now? Like, what? Give me his. Like, if you you're watching him walk into the arena, uh, like, ha, has he done a good job giving you a, an idea who he is away from the court? I have talked about privately to my wife and to friends how well Shea has branded himself in such a short period of time. It is actually unbelievable. Russ didn't even do this by his third season. Russ couldn't dress prior to his stardom. Uh, that wasn't Russ's thing. Right. Shea came in this league with the identity of, you know, this is a young guy. We don't know how good he is, but we know he can dress. And now his identity, he kind of has like a hipster bad boy type thing going on. Right. Um, the hair, the way he has the bangs going in the front, the, you know, scowl he has on his face it's not really a frown but it's not a smile either he, he just has this bad boy he look, always looks like that he right. always looks like that right i don't know if that's how he looks normally or if he's just putting on a persona for pre-game that's what he's going into yeah yep. um because post-game i see him smiling i'm like oh he, he has a nice smile he's, right. you know, he's a good kid but when he's walking through that tunnel you're looking at him like oh man, this is this is a bad dude this is He's probably a rock star away from the basketball court. So, yeah, he's done an outstanding job. Outstanding. I'd say best in the league by far. So when you, you know, I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 in April. Mm -hmm. I have, and I'm an offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. So I look fat in every uniform combination I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. Like nothing, like I'll, funny story about me. I'm walking, this is my senior year, mm -hmm. right? I'm, the, I'm literally the number one ranked guard in the country my senior year. First team preseason All-American. This is game number one. I've got on my pants, my football pants, and an Under Armour uh, cutoff shirt that I wore underneath my shoulder pads. And I'm walking from the locker room up to the training facility. Tatum Bell is in front of me. Okay. Tatum Bell is your yeah. size, running back, badass, right? I remember right? the name. I was Abs, young, but I remember the you know, name. Big yeah. chest, biceps. He's got yeah. the same thing on, right? So there are some Orange Pride girls 
in this lobby area on their way to the training room. And Tatum is just enough ahead of me where I can hear them comment as he walks out, right? Yeah. He walks out. They're like, and he walks to the doors like, oh, my God. He's, you know, ooh, and there's, like, giggling and things. Yeah. Bro, I walked out, and let me tell you, every one of them girls turned around and walked out of the place. Like, <laughs> damn, I get it. I, I've been like chunky I, my whole life. I get it. My mom like was I'm not sexy. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, look, I'm in the husky fine. section. Now, yeah. look, my girl will tell you something completely different. She likes me big, and she yeah. like, it is what it is. And she's a smoke show. Let's so say I'm it, at, the right woman. I, yeah, yeah. Every <laughs> once in a while, you find that just a, like they just she's into it. She mm-hmm. loves how big I am. Um, you know, so it's just you know I just remember there was always a difference you know for me, and I never cared about it. But these dudes care, and I wonder how much you care. Like at so at thirty nine, I'll be thirty nine in April, and you're ten years younger than me. So when you watch a pregame and you're not working, you're just casually chilling out. You're at home with a girl, and I'm sure she's a basketball fan. Mm-hmm. Y'all got the Lakers on, and you're watching the pregame, and these dudes come through. Are you talking about what they have on? Are you paying attention? I know you probably are because of what you – but would you naturally be doing that? And are kids from 28 to 18 also doing those things? Like, do they want to dress like Shay? Yes. Okay. Yes. These NBA players specifically, uh, I'm willing to say, first of all, Kind of off topic, not really. No. I'm going to rope it back in. Uh, NFL players dress much better than NBA players, Ooh. first of all. Tell me more. NBA players just kind of It's do, artsy. They do whatever. It's, not, right. it's beyond artsy. Okay. It's, <laughs> in a lot of cases, it's outrageous and right. stupid. Okay. In a lot okay. of cases. Um, there's some I things, feel the same way. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that today. That's there's awesome. There's some things that Russ wears that I'm like, come on, bro. bro like, what are you doing? I accept that it's fashion because fashion is really literally just what you make. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing that can quantify good or bad fashion. So I understand what he's doing, and everybody talks about it. So he's obtaining his goal. But at the same time, I will say basketball players, like you said earlier, are more visible than football players, right. so people are literally seeing Shea walking through the top. Out of the bus. People are what he's, seeing right. Russ. People are seeing Kelly Oubre, who's another one. He's, he's probably first on my list when it comes to fashion. Um, people are seeing them, and I have seen NBA players and rappers are the two leading demographics when it comes to fashion. Kids right. most definitely want to dress like Shay, kids most definitely want to dress like Russ. I saw kids randomly wearing ripped shirts. You know, um, I did some teaching in high schools, and I literally saw a kid come in. He had to go home because he had on a shirt that was ripped up like Russ. And you know, he was like, "Bro, I'm just trying to be swaggy like Russ." I'm like, "Okay, first of all, there's no dress code in the NBA. Right? He can do that. You can't. You're in school." But the point is, most definitely, kids want to be like these players, even if they're not good basketball players. Gary Trent, prime example. Gary Trent Jr. I don't even know if you know who he is. I don't. He's a role player, a very good role player, young guy, probably 19 or 20 years old, about Shay's age, plays for the Trailblazers. Okay. He's, I'd like to say, their third option. Um, dresses very well, kind of the same um, aura that you get from Shay. Uh, and kids love him. He's not a star. He's not a budding all-star even. He's not even as good as Shea. He's a, you know, 11 to 15 point a game guy. Not, you know, just a solid NBA player. Right. But kids love Gary Trent Jr. for some reason. Right. It's because of the way he dresses and the way he carries himself. Girls love him. Young men love 
think, you know. Yeah, they want to be him? Absolutely. When I was a kid, I always idolized, you know, guys like Usher and Trey Songs, not because I thought they were good looking, but I knew that girls thought they were good looking. Absolutely. So I'm like, you know, let me be like them so girls Absolutely. can like me the too. the haircut, the whole yeah. nine yards. Yeah, exactly. I got you. So kids definitely, definitely look up to these NBA players of fashion. You know, I'm, I'm so intrigued by, um, you know, I, I think that today, like I don't, I dress the way that I dress because I am so big. Mm-hmm. And I, I like dark things, and I like dark greens, and I know my girl likes me in green, and I like mm-hmm. to wear black pants and black shoes, and mm-hmm. I'm a cowboy at heart. I love cowboy boots. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I have a style, right? But it, I don't know that my st- – I would tell you that my style gives you any insight of my personality away from what you might see me wear to a Red Dirt concert. Like, I love country music. I love Red Dirt music. So I'm usually wearing a pair of boots, and sometimes I even wear a cowboy hat. Something like you're going to get an idea of who I am a little bit, you know, with that look. But I don't like right now. I got on a black vest, black pants, you know. But I feel like, you know, when you step out at night, and I've seen pictures of you and your wife, y'all are beautiful together. And it's like, it. <laughs> it's like, but that's who you are, you know. Like you're speaking with your style, and that's very much 2021. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. And so we fast forward to. Now, because of this name, image, and likeness conversation in collegiate athletics, I, I don't, I'm always trying to tell parents how to prepare their kids the most for college football or college basketball. Yeah. And now I feel like it throws an entirely different element out there for parents who, you know, of, let's say Johnny is, uh, you know, he's a, a, a three-star kid that ends up at Oklahoma State. Uh, no one really expects him to be an NFL player, but he's a good football player. Johnny Still in Stillwater can build himself a brand that will absolutely make money based off of his personality, mm-hmm. like social media personality, how he dresses, his whole image, right, is an yep. ability for him to make real money on campus. And so you almost feel like now i got to add to parents, hey, man, you know, I, I get your kid's 16, he's a sophomore, he's on a bunch of different lists right now. Now I need to know more about him to help you help him. Mm-hmm. So what is he into? What kind of music is he into? You have to pay attention to what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how are you going to present him down the road to a potential advertiser? And it's so important to get rid of bad habits now before you get on campus. Like you oh, talking yeah. about, like the, I love the conversation that we had before this. It's re- like I love this podcast because it connects me with people in a real way. Yeah, thank Carlos. Thank you so much, my friend. This is great. This is uh, Carlos, this is great. the the owner of Bar C here, who's stepping out. But man, an incredible, incredible job by his staff. But anyway, I feel like you know now I got to tell them you got to make sure that they, they understand that, and it's almost making them grow up so fast. Like you can't be a kid anymore. You can't. And every little decision that you make can impact the way that somebody perceives you. And it's like, how do I start? How do I tell a a seventeen year old we need to work on your brand? Like, Brittany's a, a director of marketing at the Proton Center, and she manages my brand right now. And it's mm-hmm. colors, and it's, uh, it's, you know, fonts, and it's clothes, and it's brands, and it's like, and I'm like, this is so much, but it, it almost has to happen now. And I feel like people don't fully understand how important it actually is in regards to helping this young man or young woman, whoever it might be, make some extra money when they're on campus based off of who they are as a person. Yeah. Um, very, very important. Uh, if there's anybody, you know, high school athletes that are wanting to go to college, listening to this, it is extremely important for you to build that brand. Look, if you want to be a kid, don't be a collegiate athlete. Uh, 
Preach. You you have a choice. You have a choice to just go get an education to be a normal kid. That is completely fine. I, I the completely fine. You just get an education. That's all I care about personally. Right. But if you're going to be a high level, I would say high level because I mean NAI. No offense, it doesn't really matter. But I mean, it, look, it's a next level. It mat. No, 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 I'm not saying like playing NAI sports doesn't matter. Right. But your personal brand as an NAI right. athlete is not going to matter as much. No right. one's going to pay much attention. Yeah. Right. Um, but if you're like an OSU, OU, Texas D1 athlete, you gotta realize that. You know, look, I'm a celebrity now. That's how you have to see it in your mind. I'm a celebrity. Even if you're not, think that you're a celebrity. Uh, Because the moment that you mess up or make a mistake, you're going to be treated like a celebrity. Absolutely. It's going to be plastered all over the news. I've seen it plenty of times. A bunch of young guys, um, OU and OSU, basketball. uh, Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill. Joe Mixon, Tyreek. Jesus Christ. Right. Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill. Um Two guys where I personally, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast. You can say whatever you want. I personally was disappointed to hear about what Joe Mixon did. Oh, uh, no absolutely. freaking way do I think that it's acceptable to hit a woman. I've been taught never to put my hands on a woman. But on the flip side, from his point of view, which nobody seemed to really care about, um, he was an 18-year-old kid. Uh, freshly 18, if you guys check his date of birth. He was 18 for a few months at that moment. First right. time away from the house. Uh, we have to be realist, realize that he was drunk. The girl was drunk. Right. They were out that night. She called him the N-word and uh, supposedly spit in his face. I didn't see that, mm-hmm. but supposedly spit in his face. You can't expect an 18-year-old male outside the house for the first time, probably drunk for one of the first times in his life, to react in a respectable way after that happens to mm-hmm. him. So I definitely see why he made the mistake and not condoning it, but I see why he made the mistake. And that kind of lends itself to the conversation we're having right now. When you're um, a college athlete, you have to see yourself in a professional mindset. Right. 100%. So when you are – so now, you know, to, to end this conversation before we move into some basketball um, – how do you how do you, if you are let's you're a young man and you're a ways away from having some kids but how would you tell you know 18 year old sam to even approach this thing it and because like i would have told you okay my brand well i'm gonna build it up and make sure i'm dotting on my eyes and crossing on my t's and not acting crazy on social media like squeaky clean would have been what i where i would have gone but it's more than that right like yeah. so you have to post on social media several times a day like there's got to be a method to it and a purpose to it like there is for you and me. Yeah. But we're a 28 and 38-year-old businessman. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as a, now as a 17, 18-year-old, and maybe even as a parent, like as a mom, are you like, hey, Johnny, I'm going to handle your social media stuff for these six days, this six times a day that you've got to post? I am a fan of that specifically. Okay. Um, when I was in college, you couldn't have told me that I did not want my mom anywhere near my social media right. when I was 18 years old. But I also was going to college and playing basketball when it was a time that, you know, 2011, 2012. Social media was there, but it wasn't as prominent as it is, it is now. now. It was an right. option. It was more right. of an option. Now you have to have a Twitter. You have to have an Instagram, Instagram. if you are yep. a budding star. Uh, and in those situations, an 18-year-old mentally is not prepared for what comes with having people coming at you on um, 
social media and stuff like that. Right. So I'm a big um, proponent fan of yeah, yeah of um, somebody managing somebody your managing the accounts. Yeah. Whether that's your parent, whether that's a girlfriend with a clear mind, whether that's a mentor, whether right. it's a friend, uh, somebody with a clear mind, a clearer mind than you to manage your <laughs> social media accounts. Because I've seen some things uh, from athletes here recently, and I was kind of like, I wouldn't have said yeah, that. Yeah, bro, you're killing it. I, right? killing I actually messaged one last night, um, I'll tell you off air, and I was just like, hey, bro, take that down. Right. Take that down. It's, it's not worth it. It's going to make you look bad. Absolutely. It's going to make you look bad. And that's, I guess that's the publicist side of me where I'm just like, hey, bro, chill out. Right. Chill out. So, yeah. I, I would say that, um, you know, I, I – I, I don't like social media. I don't like my cell phone. I am bothered by it. I hate the fact that it's a part of my everyday life in that way. Although I definitely like to get on Twitter and just MF a dude because that's who I am. I'm just super aggressive like that. That's my brand. Yeah. I was talking to Brittany about this the other day, and uh, I said, you know, like trying to, to manage Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which are two different, three different worlds. As far as what you can say and how you can say Most it. Most definitely. And I'm trying to, like, maneuver my way. And she was like, your entire online brand is fuck you. That's what she told me. And I'm like, you know what? You're 100% right. So why would I change that? Like, that's yeah. my entire online presence. Yeah. Like, I'm, I want to talk to you as a human. I want your opinion. It can be completely different than mine. But I'm so big on, like, not being disrespectful. The second that you are... I'm going to body slam the shit out of you yep. publicly. Yep. And I'm going to use that quote tweet, but tweet, tweet, quote tweet button, and I'm going to do it out in front of all 25,000 people that follow me on this thing. And you know what? Some people might say that's petty, and that's cool. Like, you think that's petty? I don't know how to not be that way. I had a guy in Stillwater last year during football season come up to me and say, I can't believe they let you in this place, and then walk away. Thank you so much. Walked away from me. So I followed that dude back to his seat, tapped him on the shoulder. He turned around. I took a picture and posted it. The whole story, how it went down. Thousands of people followed that post and watched that post and, and commented on that post. Some people were like, I can't believe you did that. Other people were like, rock on. Like, I don't owe you shit. Yeah. I don't owe And I Which, definitely don't have to take your shit. That's ever. a great – see, that's where we're different. That's where we're different. You have that one niche that, that, that just kind of works for right. you, and you can have that across all platforms. For me personally – I run this business and I'm doing just just straight lace reporting. Absolutely. I'm doing fashion and I'm doing culture. So I got I, I have to kind of allocate that depending on what the social media channel is. Twitter is more of my straight lace journalism side. I can kind of wild out a little bit on there off like basic opinions and stuff. Right. But nobody on Twitter really cares about NFL, I guess NFL too, and NBA fashion. Right. Uh Twitter, nobody cares about my opinion, but everybody cares about what the players are wearing. So I, my Instagram is exclusively fashion. Right. That is it. Facebook's kind of just everything because it's, you know, grandma, right. mom, dad, aunt, uncle. So you can kind of just put everything um, on Facebook. But, yeah, you're, you're blessed that you can actually oh, just yeah. be the same person on all platforms. Right. So, like, my whole pers business, you know, persona, it's essentially based off of who I was as a football player. And mm -hmm. so it's the easiest thing for me, world for me to be consistent. I, I typically gravitate towards people that are also that way. Like, you happen to have this Suave Report deal, 
and it's a part of who you are as a businessman and a journalist, mm-hmm. the reality is this is who you are as a human. Like the yeah. way that you look, the way that you maneuver, the way that you move, the way that you sound. Like mm-hmm. this is who you. You're just a cool dude. Like you just have this swagger to you that is. Appreciate that. And and so you <laughs> monetize that, right? You've yeah. made a, a, a something out of it, and I I love that. But it's just real. It's very very much you. We've got colleagues in this market that try to sell themselves as something that they're not, and that's what their social medias look like. Mm-hmm. So my advice to kids would be like, and you and and. Adam is absolutely a better resource. If you're listening to this right now, trust me, go to his Instagram. He's going to show you the way versus go to mine. <laughs> but I would encourage you to stay true to who you are to a, to a degree, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't, like there's some shit I believe that I can't say on, on this podcast or on the radio because yeah. it would go against, a lot. you know, like, yeah. yeah, like I said, and I'll give you some insight on this. And this is something that I will say, and I'll say it again. I got absolutely murdered. Mm-hmm. One day on the radio, because we were talking about during a hurricane, mm-hmm. uh, there were some dogs. Like, this lady had three kids, single mom, and all she could do was just unhook her dogs and let them loose. Mm-hmm. Well, my co-host at the time loses her mind. I can't believe that she did that. I'm like, are, bro, are you kidding? There's a hurricane bearing down, like, those dogs. I, I, I'm, I got a puppy coming here in a couple of weeks. I love dogs. Dogs are yeah. awesome. But guess what's more important? My kids, right? Yeah. So I said that, and people got mad about that. I wasn't, like, more pro-dog. And... And that's a fight that I'm willing to fight for sure. So you're yeah. always going to have to defend yourself in some way, shape, or form. I'm just telling kids, my advice would be, be able to defend who you actually are. Mm-hmm. Don't try to gonna, defend something that you're not because you'll never be good at doing it. There's always going to be somebody that disagrees with what you're doing. Right. Even if you say, you know, I am a devout Christian. I've never had sex. I've never drank anything. I mean, you can be the most straight-laced, clean person ever, and there's going to be somebody like, he's never had sex. Oh, you know, what's wrong with him? Somebody is going to be offended or take exception to what you do and what you say. So just be yourself. Right. That's 100% true. All right, let's talk uh, some basketball before we get out of here. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, this is who I am as a person, all right? Mm -hmm. I love this version of Oklahoma City. I loved last year's version of Oklahoma City because I will tell you every single day the easiest thing about my job in the world would be to go talk about a team that wants to work hard yeah. and give me great effort. So I get last year's Chris Paul teaching all these young men how to play this game on a different level and watching what Chris Paul did to Dennis Schroeder in two years. Are you kidding me? Like Dennis Schroeder's whole trajectory changed because of Chris Paul. Unbelievable. When I watch SGA and Lou Dort and Darius Baisley and these kids out here today led by George Hill and, you know, a group mm-hmm. of veterans that is – they're awesome. It's a lot of fun to cover, and they're playing basketball the right way. So I'm here for it, no matter what their record is. I'm here for it, and I'm also here for – the NBA is land of the seven-year turnaround, mm-hmm. right? It's the hardest league to come out of the basement in because your draft is bullshit. Like, you yeah, have two rounds of a bad. draft where you've got <laughs> seven dudes that might actually be good. So you, it's so hard to come out of the basement of this thing. So for Oklahoma City to be back in this situation, first year in a rebuild, and me be able to look at that team and think, is SGA, is he the cornerstone piece that they need? Probably. Mm-hmm. Is Lou Dort going to be an actual viable number three on a successful NBA team? Probably. Probably. Giving yeah. you eight, 18 and 16 to 18 with some legit all defensive Defense. ability yeah. as your third option? Probably. So I'm thinking here in two years, both those dudes are going to be top 45, 50 NBA players, and they're looking for a couple of pieces. Like the Oklahoma City rebuild could take half the time that the Knicks have. If that. If that. If that. I'm a big, 
I'm glad you said that. I didn't know what your opinion was on the Thunder this year. I'm a big fan of this team. Yeah. Because, like you mentioned earlier, when I played, I was a defensive guy. I did not – I wasn't even looking to score. I'm sure if I could score, I – would be able to score. I just didn't even think about that. I thought about hard work, diving for basketball, stuff like that. And that's exactly what everybody on this team does. And it's so refreshing to see. Yes, I do miss the Russell Westbrook days where I don't. the Thunder <laughs> where, where he was, you know, just recording triple doubles and there was a lot of success. But I also enjoy just watching a bunch of young guys that love Figure to play basketball, play basketball as hard as they can. Right. Um, I also tell all the Thunder fans out there, I'm not real big on this whole tank crap, and I don't right. think the players are either. It's actually clear that the players are not about this whole tank thing because they wouldn't be two and a half games out of a play-in playoff position if they were. They'd right. be down there with Minnesota. So, you know, I don't even know if we need a traditional rebuild. I think we're about to see a rebuild that we haven't seen before in the NBA because we already have a solid team right now. Truth be told, we could ride this exact team out, not add anybody else, and they'd be a playoff team in two years. This exact team. This exact team, minus obviously we have to draft somebody in replace of like Horford right. and guys like that because they're going to just age. I mean, Horford's going to age like out. 36. Yeah. yeah, they're going to age out. So we, we're going to have to draft somebody. But this core that we have, meaning Shea, Bays, uh, Dort, I even like Roby, and – uh, the underrated one out of all of them that I think will be one of the best point guards that we've seen, probably the best. I'm going to say the best pure point guard that we've seen in Oklahoma City, uh, Tail Maladone. Yeah. Tail Maladone is a point guard. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Russ. Right. I'm just saying that he's going to be a, the best true point guard Oklahoma City has even seen. Right. He reminds me so much of Tony Parker, and, I mean, there's no coincidence that Tony Parker is his mentor. So... This team right now, I'm telling you, Sam, this team's going to be good. And just the thought that, I mean, I know Sam Preston's going to add some more firepower. I don't know about, I don't know about Kay Cunningham. I like him. Obviously, he's a great player. But I don't, the Thunder aren't, I don't think they're going to be bad enough to pick up Kay. The number I don't one think, pick, yeah. I don't think Sam's going to risk anything to move up to get him because he sees what I'm seeing. And the team doesn't necessarily need that. They need a big man. Right. They need a young big guy, right. to be completely honest. They don't need Kay Cunningham. Right. Shea's good. very capable of playing the one, the two, Their front the court three. is fine. Yeah. They got Tail. They got Shea. They got Dort. They got Baisley, who I think they should convert yeah. from the four to the three. They'll be in the backcourt. Backcourt is yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Back front court is absolutely front a Front court needs something. Right. Because, I mean, Mike Muscala, he's, 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 not a, right. he's not a center. He's a shooter. Uh, Al Horford probably won't even be on this team past the trade deadline. So we're going to have to figure something out past that. But, yeah, man, this team is fun to watch. You know, as far as um, the league as a whole, you know, obviously COVID has bought us an NBA bubble that was successful. A very weird timeline in the season is concerned. There's a lot of teams out there in the NBA today that are struggling. And I, to me, I think it's, a, it's not a coincidence that it's the team-oriented teams, right? So it's... Milwaukee, Toronto, slow start. Miami, slow start. Denver, weird start. And I think it's because of just the lack of time they've had off mm -hmm. and the fact that every one of those play for Denver to be at their best in a, in a championship contender, which they are at their best, yeah. it's just not about Jokic and, and Murray. they got to have eight Everybody dudes. Else. Same thing with Milwaukee. they got to mm -hmm. have eight dudes 
So, it, so coming off of one of the most interesting seasons that we've ever seen because of COVID in 2020, I think that 2021 is going to offer challenges also that allow teams in this league to take some leaps that maybe we weren't expecting. I'm kind of curious, you know, at the top of this thing, you know, what do you like right now? Is LeBron able to repeat, or is it, you know, where are you going with this? Okay, Sam, so I don't know if you know, I've been a Laker fan since 2000. Oh. Since I was seven years old, I have been a Laker You were seven fan. years old in 2000, I graduated high school. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Jesus, you are 10 years. Yeah. I am old, yeah. yes. Here we go. Well, I've been a Laker fan since I recognized Kobe Bryant right. as a player. He's my favorite player, rest in All peace. All time, absolutely. But, you know, I would love to see the Lakers um, repeat. I think that LeBron can do it. I've seen time after time again with LeBron teams where – It'll be like they'll start really strong. They'll hit a big, you know, dip in the middle of the season. Everybody's talking about, you know, can they do it? You know, he needs to trade this guy and this guy and this guy. They're not going to do it this year. And then somehow he gets to the finals. He may win it. He may not. But somehow he gets to the finals. That being said, I think the Lakers are going to make it to the finals again. Uh, I don't think anybody in the NBA has the hunger that LeBron right. James has. That's the difference to me. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, very talented. I don't think they have that hunger. I don't think they have that that third and fourth gear. Um, third gear meaning playoffs. Fourth gear meaning finals. Right. They don't have that. They've done, done, done. Well, Kawhi knows what it is, but Paul George doesn't even know what that is, and that team can't accomplish that without both of those guys hitting that fourth gear. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Uh, the only team I'm kind of worried about is the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are very good. They're awesome. The Jazz remind me of what this Thunder team can be five years from now. It's real team-oriented. Donovan Mitchell, don't get me wrong, is a big star now, but when you think of star players in the league, you're not really thinking about Donovan Mitchell and Gobert. They're kind of the sleepers in the conversation. Right. I think that's how this Thunder team is going to be. Interesting. I'm a huge fan of Donovan Mitchell. I'm a huge fan of the Jazz. I oh, think yeah. Mitchell is a, you know, that's a that's an NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just brings you that uh, from a leadership aspect. Even as a young kid, his first year, people talk about his leadership role that he plays. And I, I like I like him a lot. I'm a big fan of the way that Denver plays, the way that Utah plays. I love mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler and who he is in this league. I hope he always stays that way. I think that the NBA has produced a level of prima donna that is almost like Trey Young, the complete opposite of what I feel like. Yeah. He needs to be in this league. And I think that, you know, as much as I love that kid in the game that he played and it was awesome covering at Oklahoma, I can't fuck with Trey in the NBA because, bro, you, you're, not, you're the third best player on a championship team yeah. because you don't do anything else. Trey, and, he, and he hasn't been forced. Trey Young is in a situation where the Atlanta Hawks have given him everything. Therefore, he has not been forced to grow. Right? He has not been forced to grow as a player. Wow, I've never heard that. And, I just, you know, as much as I love Trey, um, me and Trey were real close when he was here in Oklahoma. As much as I love Trey, that's true. That's true. Uh, I have never thought of it that way. And I was wondering why the Hawks have underachieved this year, and it's because they haven't forced Trey to make that next step. Right. They've seen a potential star. Well, they've seen a star. He's a star. They've seen a star, and – been like wow we have it's almost like they've been starstruck by having a star and they just kind of let him do whatever he wanted to do kind of like Oklahoma City did with Russ actually the exact same way OKC did with Russ Russ just has that that mindset to where he wants to get better that's different 
But Atlanta hit, yeah. So I, yeah. I love that you said that because that was going to be my next statement. Wow. I think that Trey Young and Russell Westbrook's trajectory are so similar. Two different styles, right? Russ, the force of nature. Russ's body allowed him to be. I think, I think that Russell Westbrook is a top 50 player all time. Easily. I think that Russell Westbrook could have been a top five player all time. Easily. If he loved the game upstairs. Trey Young is in the exact same conversation he doesn't Trey loves the star he loves to shoot in 2021 the way that he plays is if you go to the ymca in mitch park right now in edmond on a saturday <laughs> that's, where I noon, that's where i just left bro how many boys yeah. are out there shooting half court course shots and i'm like that's <laughs> and they so his style is 2021 everything that trey young is is confirmed by the society around him to be the right way outside of the damn game that he plays. And so Atlanta's in this situation where they're firing this coach, and I'm like, bro, who are you going to hire? I don't want that job. You're telling me the best player on my team is this kid who doesn't know how to play basketball, NBA basketball, yeah. and, it's pr- and it shows. Yeah. Or, nor does he want to. Because the thing about Trey Young is he's the, he's the guy in the middle of the picture. He loves the spotlight. He loves these big shots. He's always on SportsCenter. What about Trey's life right now is negative outside of the Hawks record? And in 2021, Adam, how important to Trey Young is the Hawks record? They're not supposed to be good. It's, you know, once again, I will brief this. I'm a huge Trey Young fan. I love Trey. I love Trey. He's he's a good kid, and I think that's a rarity in sports today. Absolutely. He is a genuine good person and a good kid that doesn't get into much trouble. With that being said... I think what you said is true. He uh, repeat what you said one more time. Like I just don't think that he, what you, yeah. No one, you know, when you are, uh, let's think. Let me give you an example of a player that has made this trans, like unruly, but made the transition right. Like it is, um, you know, this is like getting a, 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 you know, a sports car and it's got a V10 engine in it. And it's fast as all get out, and you love every second of it, and. You put the kid at the wheel, and he can't drive the son of a bitch. But you go get somebody that can drive that thing, and it's the most efficient, amazing, incredible, fast vehicle on the planet because just because you have a big engine doesn't make you fast. Yeah. The driver makes you fast, right? Yeah. Trey's not driving the car that he's been given. Like, And I would say the same thing about Mike Boynton until this last weekend with Oklahoma and yeah. Oklahoma State. Like, bro, you got a Ferrari. You better drive better it like drive one. Yeah. And he wasn't. Trey Young has got a Ferrari, but he's out there driving it like it's a demolition car. Trey, like he's not putting the emphasis where it needs to go. Trey, enjo- Trey enjoys the spotlight, like what you said. Mm. I saw that. Look, I'll brief you. I was Trey's first interview. His freshman year at uh, Norman North, they had a game against Edmond North. I was his first interview. That's awesome. He was nervous as heck. I told him to calm down and just talk, just be himself. Right. And he seems to have – he took that advice and has never – just never backed away, away from, from it. it. Right. Um, not going to say I'm responsible for this, but 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 um, Trey loves the spotlight, and I hate to say it, but I think he cares more about that spotlight than he cares about his team actually 100%. winning the game. Because right. if that was the case, he wouldn't be – he wouldn't be on social media just like everything is perfectly fine after his team is clearly underachieving. I projected them to be in the middle of the Eastern Conference this year based right. on what they did last year and the promise they showed. I thought they were going to be like a 5, 6, 7 uh, seed in the uh, Eastern Conference this year, and they are 
fought. I mean, they're they have a worse record than Thunder. They just got beat by the Thunder, right? A team that is supposed to be horrible, right? So, you know, for him to just kind of have this like laissez-faire type of um, personality and demeanor when it comes to playing in this team and the way that they're playing kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm not going to lie. Uh, a guy like him, the face of a franchise, an all-star, not this year, but a, um, an NBA all-star should be more visibly worried. Even if he is not worried, it is an image thing like we talked about earlier. Right. It's an image thing. You have to at least look like you give a damn. Like right. At least look like right. you're pissed off that your team's playing Absolutely like this. Absolutely not. Uh, he seems fine. Yeah, he so seems the, fine. So this league allows that to happen because yeah. because it's so hard to get out of the basement, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that in, so in Trey's defense, I truly believe that if he – let's say he was traded to Philadelphia uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think that's the kid that falls in line. He like he's going to gonna be the player he's that gonna he needs. Have to. He's going to have to yeah. one. But I also don't think he doesn't like to win. Yeah. I just think that he knows he can't right now. So what's the so let me take care of number one because everybody else on this roster is not gonna get it done. So they take care of number one. And look, let's be honest, we've seen stars do this in the past. They just weren't three years old in the league. Mm-hmm. Like think of God rest his soul, think of Kobe in that last year with the Lakers, mm-hmm. how miserable of a human he was mm-hmm. to those kids on that team. <laughs> Getting them cut, walking out of practice, and I'm like, I Here's get that too. You are. I love that. Like, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. But like, it's not a great look, right? Yeah, like exactly. versus, let, let's teach them. Now, Al Horford's here in Oklahoma City. Guess what? Al Horford's doing the best that he can. He's doing the best that he can on the court, and he's doing the best that he can by those kids. Perfect example, Chris Paul. Chris, perfect example. Chris yes. Paul did not want to be here. Right. Chris, he did not want to be here when when he first got traded. It was not a secret that he was pissed right. that he was getting traded to Oklahoma City. But after that first week where it was clear that he wasn't going to get traded anywhere else, or he wasn't going to get released or anything like that, and he was going to be on this Thunder team, he embraced it and made probably one of the best seasons of his career as far as just morale goes. And Absolutely. His, 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 his image, his brand, image goes. yeah. People went from saying that he was a cancer to him being the, From the Clippers yeah, to the Houston? To the Absolutely. To Houston, he, uh, he, Houston, Houston, he was a cancer. He was considered a cancer. He came to OKC, and now he's Mr. Fix-It-All for all NBA teams. Absolutely. Now he's turned the Phoenix Suns into a legit contender. contender. Like, yep. I am... I won't be surprised if they make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Because he is that kind of guy. He brought a Thunder team that should have been in the same position we are right now last year to a solid playoff spot. Right. A solid playoff spot. You ready for no? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, love it here at Barcy, by the way. Service oh, yeah, is incredible. Great. Food's been incredible. It's great. I wasn't expecting um, to ask for that. That's great. Adam's going to be a part of this podcast a lot. We, uh, we try to keep it to about 40, 45 minutes or so. Uh, depending on what's going on. I appreciated this conversation so much. Um, sure. We're going to have another episode this week talking more about uh, the name, image, and likeness conversation with Sheridan Leak, who is at compliance at UCO. She does an excellent job with them. And uh, I'm kind of getting her person, you know, her, how she feels about it from the school yeah. aspect of it. Uh, we'll kind of continue it here. But, man, Adam, thank you so much for your time, man. No I really appreciate it. No yeah. problem at all. This has been an honor to even be asked to be on here, and I'm looking forward to a continued partnership. Yeah, on this. you killed for it, sure. man. You absolutely killed it, and I think that my listeners are going to love this. And, you know, Thunder basketball right now in a weird place. You know, we, we are very spoiled from 
from a fan base. Uh, I've covered, you know, NBA Western Conference Finals teams. I get it. MVPs. I get it. Uh, but I'm very – I think this team is very very uniquely Oklahoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love – you know, it's that oil field farmer guy that's listing me every day in their truck on their way to wherever location they're going. They, I think this team represents them. I think they show up. I love SGA's scowl when he walks into the arena. Mm-hmm. Like, give me tough as nails. This is Oklahoma. It's hard yeah. out here. You yeah, know, it's it not is. the easiest thing in the world, it's right? Not. It's not. <laughs> you know, from a from a, uh, a business aspect, from a heat and cold aspect. I mean, it's just kind of grimy. Oklahoma's uh, a grimy place. It is it's a, a grimy, grimy place. place. You got to have a grimy mentality when you come here. I agree. And, and I'm I, glad and I, that they've kind of assimilated yes, to that. You nailed it. That's Definitely. it. The Thunder absolutely have that grimy feel to them, and I'm here for it for sure. Thanks, brother. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on. Have a good one. You too. The Sam Mays Podcast is a production of P-Squared Media.